Leather About, a podcast from the Academic Skills team at UWS. My name is Linda Riches and I'm one of the Academic Skills Advisors at the University. So today we want to have a wee blether about presentations. So whether you have to do those in person or increasingly online, it can be a situation where nerves take over. But hopefully we can give you some advice on how to remain calm and what you can do to make it memorable for all the right reasons. So my fellow academic skills advisor colleagues, Ben Farrer. Hi, Ben. Hello. And Dr. Kevin Wilson. Hi, Kevin. Hi there are here as usual to offer their advice and probably their experiences of presentations. Um, and we'll be the first to tell you, I know I certainly will, that um, you know there's a lot of things you need to remember when you're presenting and um, we don't get it. We don't get it right all the time. I certainly don't. Um, so let's think first of all, maybe about presentations and probably probably what we'd say to all students is you need to plan a presentation. You can't just rock up and, and do it, or certainly I can't. Um, you know, doing your research and making sure that you know your topic. Anyone had any situations with presentations where they hadn't done that and they had a bit of a disaster? No, it's um, no one saying anything. Well, <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> I mean, I think that... The, 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 I mean, I was, I was I was thinking earlier on there about presentations that went badly for me. I was asked, you know, um, I, I remember I, I I've never really had a for a long time an issue with speaking in, in public and stuff, and it's I've become more kind of you know uh, used to it quite a lot over time. But I, I do remember you know as as a postgrad giving a research paper, and and I was nervous because I was giving it to all the, like, the academics in the department, and that was the one thing that really got my, my nerves going, speaking in front of students, or kind of mixed audience, and never really did it, but I remember that moment being really, really nervous about what I was going to say, and because I was so nervous and didn't want to kind of miss anything about my research, I just kind of wrote it out verbatim. Now, it wasn't it wasn't an assessed presentation, it was a kind of informal one, and that in itself should have allowed me to, to be more kind of chatty with it, and what I did was I read it, verbatim off paper right and I, I knew good and it wasn't the best idea but I also wanted to make sure that I wasn't confusing my ideas or sounding like an idiot in front of people that probably wouldn't have thought that at all but yeah uh, and I remember you know just looking at everybody and you know and we'll probably talk later on about you know a natural style in the presentation but I, you know I hadn't really thought about breaking it up into structure I hadn't thought about you know how it sounds if you just read off a bit of paper um, you know and every single word you're just reading out loud and I could see halfway through it that everybody was absolutely bored of their mind and that it was you know it was not going well but I, I was I was in too deep by that point so uh, you know I think that when you're presenting it's it's some you know planning a presentation I think should be should be undertaken much the same as planning an essay and breaking into small chunks mm. of, of meaning you know your paragraphs of a you should have a kind of a, a, a similar structure to a, a, an essay I think that has paragraphs of single units of, of meaning within or points within the, the overall essay it should be the same within a presentation you should move from one point um one point to another but there is a moment where the you know where the planning process deviates and the presentation becomes about practicing it and getting that using that structure to display a, a natural style where you're telling somebody about something that you know in your head basically not from a piece of paper and that was the the, the, the decision i didn't make and it had you know it had consequences for the for my output thing in the end <laughs> i always think i always say to students as well and i always try and remember this myself is that don't make the first time that you're saying those words when you're doing the presentation. If that's the first time you've heard yourself saying those words, 
even when I'm, if I'm recording a presentation, like if I'm doing recordings for academic skills, I'll trip over words because I haven't read that out properly and I haven't thought about it enough. So, you know, just even that, that practicing and, and really these days, there's lots of ways that you can do that. So you can record yourself on Zoom or Teams or, or anything and actually then watch how you sound and how you look, which, you know, is a big benefit. Yeah. How have you, what's your experience of presentations, Ben? Because you always seem very calm to me when I see you do presentations. You look like you're totally in control. Well, I used to be a teacher, so um, oh, well, there you go. Of, I, I think at the same time as, as Kevin, you know, you kind of get used to, to speaking to people um, and usually, you know, boring them in my case. But um, I would say that um, I think, you know, I, I remember when I when I was teaching, um, I, off, I actually got to see a lot of students do presentations. And I remember usually the best presentations were not necessarily given by the students who were the most natural public speakers or who, you know, they weren't necessarily... Um, you know, kind of naturally brilliant at presenting, but they knew their topic, they knew what they were talking about, and they had the confidence in their own knowledge that it was kind of like, right, even if this goes slightly off where I was expecting it to go, I can still pull it back, you know, because I, I know enough about the topic and I'm confident enough, and also being confident enough in what they were presenting. So, you know, having you know, you're just talking about like having a predefined introduction and a predefined conclusion can really help because then it's a case of you start off on a really good foot because it's like, I know what I'm going to say. I know how I'm going to start and I'm going to kick it off the right way, you know, and it's it's the same as an essay. You know, you need the people who are in the room to know what it is that you're talking about, why you're talking about it. And in the case of presentation, often why should they be interested? You know, why is this of use to them? Um, and then in the conclusion, it's the same thing, you know, kind of wrapping up and, and explaining, you know, in microcosm what you've just you know told them and that kind of thing um and and sort of prioritizing you know which order things go in but having a rough idea um of sort of um where you're going but not i don't want to say not being too rigid about it because obviously some people like to be very organized and, and they know exactly what mm. they're going to say but i think you always have to be aware of the fact that um things can go slightly off what you necessarily plan to say, particularly because what we don't want, obviously, is for you to be reading something that sounds pre-written or for you to be reading off the slides or that kind of thing. Yeah. So know your topic. I, this is a weird analogy. Well, not an analogy, but a reference. But I remember um, when I was doing literature, Ernest Hemingway had a thing where he talked about the iceberg method of writing, where he said, the knowledge that you see is only the tip of the iceberg at the top, but there's this whole bit underneath that you don't see that makes up the bulk of it. And that's what makes that there and that's what makes it stand and be strong and that kind of thing so it's often you know you'll read more and you'll learn more for your presentation than you'll actually present but that's actually a good thing it will give you the strength to kind of know that you've got a command of, of whatever it is that you're presenting yeah and I think that idea of you know like you say not being too rigid because things can go wrong I know for me one of my nightmares has been technology so I remember very early on um quite a few years ago doing a I had to do a presentation and I decided to use a video clip and I was so worried about using this video clip that I took the precaution it was a it was an interview and I took the precaution of actually creating a transcript of the interview because I just had this fear that something was going to go wrong and predictably tried to play the clip it was on a different um a different setup to what I was used to, couldn't get the clip to work. So I ended up having to get two people in the audience to role play the clip, which, <laughs> and I was absolutely mortified, but 
I got quite a lot of credit in the feedback for having come up with a plan B that actually made the session still work. And and actually, when I look back on it, it was probably better than than doing the clip because, you know, it's not something I would recommend having to switch to your plan B, but it was just, you know, thinking, okay, if this doesn't go well, what, what, what can I do? What, you know, how can I get around it? If I don't have the clip and I just say, well, that's it, I can't do the presentation, then you're completely sunk. So I think it is just trying to be a little bit creative um, in terms of thinking about how you're going to to deal with any situations. And you do get distractions and things as well, you know, phones going off in the audience, Mm. that kind of thing. Well, also quite often presentations include some kind of question and answer thing at the end. Mm. They'll say leave five minutes for that kind of thing. And that's often actually, sometimes that's the thing that terrifies students most when they're presenting because it's like you can control everything up until that moment. Um, But I think the thing to kind of remember about that is, you know, no one's really going to try and catch you out. You know, they're just going to ask you some questions based off of what you've presented. So, um, you know, if you know what you're presenting and, and you know what the content is and you have a little bit of background knowledge, then um, that's okay. But yeah, it's like you say, it's it's things where things can go wrong, technology being the classic example, but, you know, all kinds of things can happen. It's, it's you know, a slightly more unpredictable environment than writing an essay, shall we say. Um, mm-hmm. So just, you know, be prepared. And don't feel like it's the end of the world because everybody's had something where something like that's happened. And actually, in your case, that sounds quite good fun. I, th- I think I'd probably enjoy watching feel like fun at than... the time. It felt awful <laughs> at the time. I was laughing. I'm, oh, I'm sure you weren't. But I mean, <laughs> I, it's certainly, it's it's definitely going to be memorable. You know, it's something yes. that, that's going to be kind of um, stick out. And and that's kind of what you want in some ways. You know, you want some certainty to come away and say, you know, there was something interesting about that presentation today, whether it was something they learned or the way it was delivered or or something like that, you know. Yeah. What were you going to say there, Kevin? You sounded like you wanted to say something about... Um, God, what was you saying there? I was listening again. Um, I can't actually remember. Um, I mean, I think I was more just... Um, what was I thinking about? Just the, the notion of, of, of practice, really. Mm. You know, this is the one thing. And also... Yeah, so, so two things. Well, I was thinking ahead there, but I was also thinking about the idea of contingency plans and, you know, particularly when it comes to technology, thinking about just what you said. But I think another thing is... If it's in person, which well, you know, we've not talked about online element yet, which I think we will talk about. But so a lot of presentations that you're doing, anybody's doing, will be kind of remote now, which might be slightly different. But you know, when you're doing a presentation in person and you're going into a room to do it, and you know, it's, it's a good, it's good if you can you can get in the day before and have a look at the room or yeah. you know, make sure to practice switching the computer on. Right? It sounds stupid, but I I went and did a. You know, I had like back to back teaching sessions at the unit before, and um, I had half an hour for the second one, and I kind of raced out of the class like at you know one minute past the hour, and I'm supposed to finish at half past, and I switched the computer on, and it took 15 minutes to to start the computer. You know, so I was just by virtue of not knowing where I was, you know, where I was delivering the teaching session and how long it was going to get started, I had basically cut my teaching time in half. And yeah. you know, I think knowing where and it can, if you if you're feeling a bit of nerves about doing something in person like that, or you know, it can it can be useful to familiarise yourself with the room a, a kind of day or two before, um, and also. If you've got friendly faces in the audience, you know, you, it's good to, to look around, um, but you don't need to uh, look at everybody, you know. So if you can look at your, you know, you can, it's good to, to have a few points in the room where you look about and, and if it, you know, look at the people who you know are, are kind of nodding and giving you that um, feedback. And it's, the same is true for if somebody's delivering a presentation for you, you know, it's, 
it's amazing how much just a kind of slight nod from somebody when you're talking can reassure you that I'm nodding the now. person's listening. <laughs> the person's <laughs> listening or you're making sense. And and so, and I mean, this is something that translates quite well into online presentations. You know, if, if you're doing, if, if somebody's doing a presentation for the class um, online, you know, sometimes it's just the lecturers that you present to, in which case it's probably a redundant point. But if you're delivering a, a, a presentation to, to a class online, you know, there's no, there's a bit of a, obviously the, the issue of whether you should or shouldn't have cameras on. It's you know, there's no obligation for students to have the cameras on, and we understand that. But you know, if your friends doing a presentation, you know, you could put your, you put your camera on, and they can see you in the corner of their screen nodding away. You know, that that can have huge bearing for their kind of confidence and their ability to deliver it, and and other people would then be much more likely to do it for you. And I think that's a really, um, a really good way of kind of getting yourself through it and keeping yourself reassured that you're not you've not lost the lost the room which as i said when from my story before is can be quite a, a bad experience when you, when you know that's happened or you think it's happened yeah a, a couple of things to think about there then the idea of nerves do do you get ne do either of you get nervous before you do presentations even now yes yeah i do <laughs> I, I i get really nervous sometimes yeah. but i do find that practicing makes a difference so i think i get more nervous if i just think i'm not prepared and yeah, one thing i always do if i've got an online presentation is i always have a printed copy of it beside me mm. just in case i lose the screen something happens with the technology i think well at least i can still you know I've still got my place and i usually make little notes and sometimes yeah. I don't even refer to them when I'm doing the presentation but it's just that reassurance I think of having them beside me yeah you I know. think sorry go ben. no go on Kevin I, I talked over you earlier no no not so I was going to I'm going to so I'm, I, I'm going to make another point about prompts and stuff like that so I was probably going to go um it was just I think well there's lots of obviously different ways that you can you could if you can do a presentation just from your head then it looks particularly impressive and you don't need to look at anything um but you know I think one way to translate structure in a kind of a good presentation is to use kind of flashcards um whereby you've got really you, you know one side of the card is really really kind of condensed boiled down information one or two or three words the three are you know, three or four phrases that you want to cover or ideas you want to cover at that point of presentation, right? So that's that section of your presentation. Now, what we're not tied down to is the exact words we're going to use. So that's the kind of freedom that Ben was talking about. But we know roughly what points we want to cover. And, and, and one way to practice it, I think, is having those kind of bullet points or keywords on one side of the card and on the other side of the card you can have what you what you ideally wanted to say written out in full hand and uh, what you can do is you know before the presentation you can just practice and test yourself and grab a card and look at the, the bullet points and see how much of the stuff on the back that you can speak you know you, you can you can rhyme off so then when it comes to the presentation itself you're you you know you're using the prompts as a reminder of that stuff that's already in your head what we never want is is to have prompts that are either too long or that we don't know well enough and then what we start doing is reading bits from a card and you get that kind of monotone voice and then you switch to a kind of more natural voice and it becomes really jarring you know if you're good enough uh, you know the presentation well enough you can glance at your prompt just to remind yourself and then it kind of automatically kick starts the the recall of all that information and and that's when you get that really nice and impressive kind of natural sound or natural style and, and ultimately that's a presentation's one of the aspects of presentations there to test is your ability to communicate ideas verbally from you know to some extent from memory but 
um, yeah. and, and not to be just, you know, if, if you, it was just a case of reading stuff from a bit of paper, you could just hand in a bit of paper, really. <laughs> That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we probably should also, we've touched on sort of online, are there particular issues um, online that people need to think about? So I'm thinking about even things like lighting, sometimes people need to just make sure that they can actually be seen because even if you're a little corner in the screen sometimes people are very dark and they you know they can't they can't be seen properly are there other things when you're presenting online that you need to consider that you wouldn't necessarily have to think about face to face I think when you're presenting online, you, you've got kind of, like you say, you know, the issue of can people see you? Um, it can also sometimes be less obvious if you're using like a PowerPoint presentation or something, a uh, uh, PowerPoint presentation, it can be less obvious where you want the, re uh, the person who is watching this to look. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I know often when you see people present PowerPoints in person, they'll sort of point at the bit that they want, you know, if there's a specific sure. image or something like that, that can be quite difficult to translate online. So sometimes it's worth like, doing things in more slides than you might normally have or having a little animation or something like that to say, right, you know, if you look at this thing and then it sort of, you know, sw spins around or something like that and it's clear to everyone what to look at. Um, it's also sometimes difficult, I think, presenting um, because you don't, sort of have, you know, like Kevin was saying earlier, that you don't have necessarily a full grasp of what the audience is doing and how they're responding to it. So I know for a fact that I did uh, a, a digital, uh, an online Q&A at one point, and uh, I could see three people on camera because the whole of the rest of my screen was taken up by the PowerPoint. Two of them had their camera off, one had it on, but he was yawning. And I was thinking, <laughs> well, this is going great. But actually, there were about 70 people in there and I have no idea if that was representative or maybe he just didn't get a good night's sleep. So I think the other thing is, you know, don't be put off if the one person you could see isn't necessarily reacting exactly yeah. as you want them to, mm. um, you know, always assume that, you know, everyone else is, is, you know, enraptured by it, or at the very least that you've kind of done your, done your yeah. task. But yeah. And obviously with technology and that kind of thing, I mean, you know, we've spoken about it, but I think online you are kind of beholden to it. And, you know, if things go wrong, it's not a reflection necessarily on you. You can only prepare as well as you can. So, you know, have everything that you need, have backups, um, you know, literal backups and also backup plans, you know, prepare as much as you can, but, you know, sometimes, that you know the world just seems to conspire against you and you know something won't work and don't see it as a reflection on you you can only do what you can do and you know if it all completely goes wrong then you know it's not your fault you can only put in as much work as as is physically possible to do to yeah. make it work yeah, yeah. i mean it can yeah. be really you know and, and I, you know i'm talking before about how, you, how nice it can be when people uh, do have their cameras on and are, you know are nodding not yawning but you know that as we said that there's no kind of obligation for people to do so and it it can be quite disconcerting to be if there are a lot of people there to be talking and you literally can't see anybody and and in some ways it's good to that's something to try and practice is to not have your flow interrupted by you know this sense of am i, am I still being heard you know can people still hear me and, and and that's one thing if you, if you can't see anybody on the screen you know, I've had moments of, of speaking to like 100 students you know, and, and nobody's got a camera on and you really just you just need to trust in the technology that you, yeah. that you are still talking to them. Um, and I mean, the, another thing I'd say is that I know some people will be doing presentations that are recorded. Um, and, and you would, I think that initially you'd probably think the recorded presentation 
is easier, but what it adds is this new dimension of the feeling that you have to do it absolutely perfectly. That that if you say um or uh, like I said, you need to. St- I've done. I did the whole you know nine out of the ten minutes, but I said uh at the you know or I kind of caught or I stumbled on a word, so I need to go back and record it all. And that that's definitely added to. I enjoy doing these. Um, obviously, we're recording these here, but because they're more informal, you know, there's let you know. It doesn't seem the same pressure as it, as I would have on it if I was recording one of our resources, like a video and references or something. Where I would feel like I had to, you know, say everything perfectly. And I, I think that yes, we're recording. You, you do, you know, you will obviously not want to make any serious errors in terms of your, your speech or what you say. But you need to remember that it doesn't have to be, you know, absolutely perfect and polished. And a little kind of trip up of a, of a word or two isn't going to impact on anybody's. Uh, understanding of it um, so uh, it's a really kind of significant one because I think that people in the first instance often think that a recorded one where you're not actually presenting to anybody live is going to be easier but it, uh, to me it adds that kind of new element in which can in some ways make things a bit more difficult Yeah and sometimes when you record them I know for me you, see, you start to adopt this slightly more formal, it's like your telephone voice isn't it you know and it sometimes doesn't sound as natural as well you know, and that can be, that can sort of take away from it a little bit too. You get YouTuber voice. You, is that what it is, Ben? YouTuber <laughs> I don't voice. know if that's what it's called, but when you watch YouTube videos, and it's all like they've got their they've got their script set out for the first ten minutes. <laughs> oh, so hopefully, um, we've given people some tips and some hints about presentations, and maybe you know help people to see that we all get nervous, and you know, but presentations are a good opportunity to really show off your knowledge in an engaging and interesting way. And we should say that if you want someone to practice on, we're all quite happy to um, for you to book a one-to-one appointment. You can practice your presentations on us. I've done that certainly in sessions. And then we can give you a bit of feedback on how you're sort of looking and sounding and how the slides look and that kind of thing. So you can always book an appointment with us um, to talk about that. And you can book through my day on the careers and skills web pages. And as always, we'd love to hear your comments and your feedback about the podcast. And if there's a topic that you want to hear us have a wee blether about, then please drop a line to skills at uws.ac.uk. Thanks for listening. <laughs>